Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Ron vs. Readalong and Analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran, author of Home to the Wild, out now wherever you purchase books. It's found family, wolves, Tarzan and lesbians. So if you like that stuff, be sure to order it through the link that is in the episode show notes. Yes, I'm going to be introducing myself as that in everything that I'm in now. I am an author. <laughs> Respect it. <laughs> Maybe because you don't have any choice because if you listen to the show, I'm going to be talking about it. But anyway, let's get into the thing that you are all actually here for, which is the show. So today we are continuing our timeline journey with the Son of Neptune section entitled, I'm going to butcher this name, Fighting Alisonis and Freeing Thanatos, which are pages, which are from pages, 443 to 471. Finally, we are on the shorter sections. Also, I do think I need someone to send me how to say Alisonus at some point because I have no idea. But uh yeah, let's let's get into it, shall we? Um and yeah, as always, sorry, I was saying Andy Arrow already. <laughs> As always, I have my points to focus on, so today we've got characters and generally what I thought of it. So, let's dive in. So we start first with Hazel's overview, which is only for, like, one chapter, so. (laughs) Hundreds of dead demigods stand before our heroes, ready to fight them so they may stay alive. Thanatos, bound by frozen chains, isn't the most helpful of gods, even if he is beautiful. If they save him, they'll be attacked. If they don't save him, the the world will fall into chaos. Again, if they save him, all the demigods here, including Hazel, will face punishment. Even more so, if they save him, Frank will also die. Their options aren't great, but it just gets worse. Alisonis here... Alis... Alisonis is here and he's ready to destroy them all. But unfortunately for Alisonis, Hazel was ready to destroy him too. (laughs) What was that? That was meant to be like a celebration noise. It was not good. Uh, (laughs) So that's basically just, yeah, it was literally one chapter. So uh, feedback for this chapter is, uh, yes, Hazel being a badass is probably the best part of this section. She initially basically says, I don't care what happens to me, we have to free death and help save the world. We stand, we stand, we're a legend. <laughs> She's literally saying, like, I-, I can die, but as long as everything else goes well, that's all that matters. Like, self-sacrifice. Obviously, it sucks, the situation, but the fact that she's kind of overcome all that sort of stuff that's happened, like, just seeing how far she's come in general, like, she was very stressed, <laughs> very frightened, 
girl because she's come back from the dead she's afraid that by going to help Thanatos she's going to be in trouble like she was afraid the whole time even though she is in a sense probably still afraid of death she's not as afraid as she was instead she's going to look it in the face and say come at me <laughs> and uh I don't know I just I just really appreciate it and I also love that she's in fighting mode right now like trying to think of what she can do to help uh Frank and Percy uh, taking away for example the shades weapons she considered doing that um, I can't remember the reason why she doesn't in the end I think it was just that it just probably won't do anything um, the dangers in doing that is what she's thinking about also as well as wanting to destroy the giant that she helped make I also I just the fact that she then takes on Alisonis by herself with just a horse and like a spear thing or whatever the whatever the cavalry uh, cavalry sword that's it it's not a spear what am i on about but the fact that she just has that and she's riding a fast horse against a giant i don't know it's just it's pretty cool that she's just a she, legend legend status but that's basically all we get for hazel's chapter because like i said it's just one chapter <laughs> so uh let's go into the next ones which are all from frank's point of view so here is the overview for frank's chapters Frank takes on his mother's moniker. Dying for your friends to save their lives in the world is something for, worth dying for. He will use his life to free Thanatos. That is the most important thing. To win, death must be free. Percy keeps him protected as his life literally flashes before his eyes as his fire burns out on death's chains. Memories of his mum and Nan's message passes through him and then the chains break. With death freed, Percy overwhelmed and Hazel injured, Frank finally learns the family gift. Turning into an eagle and then a bear to help beat down the giant all seems to be going well until Percy goes over a cliff with the ghosts. With death freed and the shade's life forces fading away, Thanatos is on his way to collect the souls of those who must be returned. Thankfully, Hazel is not on that list yet. Dragging the now unconscious giant out of bounds and into Canada, here it doesn't take much to destroy the giant. Everything seems fine, but they don't have much time left. Camp Jupiter will be destroyed soon. With Percy safe, they hop on Arian with a bunch of new gold weapons and speed out and away to Camp Jupiter to help. Ooh, there's a lot happening then <laughs> in Frank's chapters. Um, I look okay. Frank does not get the best go of it in terms of uh, the amount of POVs. Like for a main character and a member of the Seven, Nico has nearly the same amount as chapters as Frank does. And Nico isn't even one of the Seven. He's not, he shouldn't be a main character. Or at least for Heroes of Olympus as it is. If I'm honest, he should have been a main character and Percy and Annabeth shouldn't have been. But that's a conversation for another day. Check out my YouTube channel, A Healthy Dose of Friend. I'll be talking about it there. But Frank is just so underutilized. And this is just the thing I'm consistently just discovering more about in Son of Neptune. Because the first chapter for Frank here is a perfect example of how much Rick, in a sense, seems to just not like Frank. Because Frank's chapters are never his own. This first chapter of Frank was more about Hazel than it was about Frank. It was about her choosing to fight the giant she helped to raise. 
He had one moment at the start of deciding to use his fire and then he basically disappeared for the rest of the chapter beyond some minor commentary about Percy like talking smack about (laughs) Hazel being a badass and like saying that Frank is her friend and like standing up for him and stuff like that like the rest of the chapter isn't about Frank it's about Percy and Hazel this is just a, a recurring theme for Frank where he just ends up a background character even in his own narrative even more so at the end of this he even says Hazel and I had freed death Frank no Hazel in the nice I like Hazel but in the nicest way Hazel did fuck all about actually freeing Thanatos all she did was give Frank his own you know fire stick that's all she did she didn't actually help in freeing Thanatos Frank did that by nearly dying to melt the chains around Thanatos's arms and legs he's the one who freed Thanatos it had nothing to do with Hazel Frank stop devaluing yourself you did it alone you nearly died doing it alone (laughs) hazel was literally fighting a giant whilst you were freeing thanatos she wasn't even anywhere near you percy technically was closer to helping freeing death than hazel was because he was the one keeping like the shades and ghosts or whatever away from frank so frank could do it like rick let the boy get some sole credit for the work he's doing like he never gets the credit and it's really pissing me off because like he did all of that alone and nearly died doing it his body was starting to go cold with how he was burning his life up to free death that's got nothing to do with hazel and literally the only thing that hazel's involved with is the conversation with an already freed death about what happens next that's it she didn't free him oh it just it pissed me off a lot because it was all frank and yet he doesn't even get credit for doing it like seriously seriously frank just frank deserves so much better i know he gets like a kiss at the end of this but like he deserves so much better than what he's given in this series um, and honestly, like, he doesn't even really get any better, which is sad, because, like, there was so much potential. Um, I realise I didn't mention this topic. Technically, this I'm just going to go into the, the points to focus on. This isn't really a point. It's just an overall thing that I'm discovering for Heroes of Olympus. And it's something I like to call logic. What logic? Because there are a lot of things that are brought up in this section. And then there was one that's just to do with the blurb of the UK book. But there are just some things that are being brought up where I'm just like, what? That makes no sense. Because firstly, Death says to Hazel and Frank that he'll be back for them one day, meeting them in unpleasant circumstances, which never happens. This never happens. They are never met in unpleasant circumstances. Death never comes back for them. Like, Rick... (laughs) You forget so many... Write it down. Write it down, please. Because there's the additional bit, and this is to do with the blurb. So in the UK book, I don't know if this is the case for, like, other editions, but the little um, tagline it does, it says, One cursed demigod, two new heroes. I think it's then, like, a whole new adventure or something. I can't remember the third bit. But it says, One cursed demigod, 
Who, who's cursed? Firstly, I, we can figure out it's probably Percy because two new heroes are Frank and Hazel. But how is he cursed? Like, what what's happening here? I don't I don't understand where the cursed demigod bit is coming from. Like, he's got amnesia, but like, not really, because he remembers Annabeth, and he remembers some things, and then he's remembered everything at this point as well. Or by the next section, at least. Like, he's remembered everything. He knows who he is, he knows where he's from, and he knows all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Just the one cursed demigod just makes no sense to me. Because who is the cursed demigod? Now, the only one who has a curse is technically both Frank and Hazel. Percy has no curse on him. He had the curse of Achilles, sure. But that's gone in, like, the first three chapters. Oh, no, by the third chapter. That's gone. Hazel and Frank still have their curses. He's tied to a burnt piece of wood. And she has that curse of, like, when she raises rare elements or jewels or whatever, they're immediately cursed and they curse others. But that design just made no sense to me. I sort of noticed it for the first time today and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but then going on into the logic, what logic? Somehow death the controller of the doors of death who uses them to go between places has no idea where his own doors are they're being and this is the whole thing this is the bit that makes it more maddening they're being kept in one place and yet somehow he has no idea where that is and says they have to get a quest to learn it which means an oracle knows where it is or another being knows where it is i don't actually remember how they find this out but that makes no sense because why wouldn't death you know the owner of the doors know where the doors are i just the whole thing just makes no sense and the fact that then that the monsters don't come back but or at least not instantly but even that doesn't make sense because the doors of death are still open they'd still be coming through like death is not keeping them at bay because the doors are still open like this whole book is still pointless because <laughs> even the giant himself said oh i sense that thanatos is free and his ex not exact but basically exact words are but no matter because the doors of death are still gaia's the book itself says the freeing of Thanatos makes no fucking difference. <laughs> and yet, I'm somehow meant to believe that this is such a huge win for them. Because then somehow, magically, the monsters just stay dead? I just, it doesn't make any sense because the doors of death are still open. How are they not coming back straight away because the doors are open? Like, I just... <sighs> the whole thing is maddening. You can just tell it's not been thought out. Because, <laughs> uh, just uh, for another thing that wasn't thought out, Hazel's curse is that whenever she pulls metals or gold or whatever they're called um, from a place, whenever she, like, pulls them with her abilities, they're basically automatically cursed. Because she's used her abilities to pull them out from wherever they were 
And she's just done that with all of the Imperial gold from the water. She just pulled this huge, huge chunk of Imperial gold from the cold glacier water. So surely it should all be cursed now, because that's her curse. Is that when she pulls something, pulls like a rare element or metal or what? What's the what's the term? Is it just rare elements or rare metals? I don't know. We'll say rare metals. No, I'll just say rare elements because that makes more sense. These rare elements from somewhere, using her abilities, it curses them. Because that's like her whole thing is when something appears, when she's tugging it up, it's like an automatic curse. We even get a line about it in like a later book where she does it with Jason's sword and she says, well, I don't know if that's cursed it or not. I did a whole video of this on YouTube where I think maybe it did actually curse it and that's why Jason died. <laughs> um, but like, surely that's the same here. Because she currently doesn't know how to not curse things. By that point, she's learned how to not curse things. But this, at this stage, she does not how to. She doesn't know how to not curse things. So every one of those items should be cursed. To continue on to the things that also don't make sense, uh, there's the line that's been going throughout this book of the son of Neptune will drown, and not only does that not happen in this, like the what's it called the the swampy thing that he fell in. Yeah, technically he was drowning, but he didn't drown. It's the ing that's the important thing here, where he was, but he got out and he was fine. Like, the only thing I can think of, of what it would work... To, and, okay, this is the additional point. The fact is that it never happens. He, he always gets somewhat close, but he never actually drowned, drowns. Not in the dead way. Or the but the close to dead way. The only example I can think of is if anyone who's listening has seen Power Rangers twenty seventeen, the one that's got uh like it's got oh god, what's her name? We've got Naomi Scott and Becky G and a bunch of other incredible actors playing the Power Rangers, and the one who's playing the Blue Ranger, Billy, drowns. Like full on, like he's basically dead, but like though it doesn't happen in the film but resuscitation where like you pump on their chest and they spit out the water so they've drowned but they've been brought back none of that happens to Percy which like I feel like should have because this was a whole prophecy that never happens there's just so many of these things that just never happened it's very annoying um and then just the final logic what logic which is consistent throughout the entirety of Heroes of Olympus is that the giants are just so easy to kill. They're just so easy to defeat. Like, how has an all-powerful and undefeatable giant been so easily knocked unconscious by a bear that wasn't even, like, half his size? Because he's, you know, a giant. And uh, how tall were the giants meant to be? They were, like, meant to be 15 feet tall or something? I don't... That's the thing I can never remember. How tall... Are the giants in Percy Jackson? Yes, look. Jesus. Uh, no, that's Typhoon. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. That's. Is this. I don't think this is the one that I want. 
Um, no, I don't think these are the one. The giants, there we go. Um, it doesn't say their height. That's not very helpful, is it? Um, I'll just click on one of them just to see if we can find their height. Uh, <laughs> uh, why aren't you telling me this information? <laughs> oh my god, this is so unhelpful. Come on. Oh, here it is. There we go. He's described as being over 40 feet tall. How tall, how tall is the biggest bear? The biggest bear is 10 feet tall when on its hind legs. And Frank wasn't on his hind legs. So he's then five foot when on all four legs. How did a five foot bear knock over a 40 foot tall giant that's the stupidest thing ever like he knocks him out and knocks him over and then knocks him out by hitting him in the nose with a shield again an all-powerful immortal giant <laughs> and yet he's able to keep him unconscious by continuously hitting him in the nose i just it's just so irritating because this is also the same thing just a slightly jump head well no not even jump head this is the same thing that happened in lost hero like consistently these <laughs> what would be five foot kids <laughs> like none of them are going to be like every every single one of them is going to be under six feet tall guaranteed because they're still under the age well some of them may be six foot but like Six foot in comparison to what will be... Hold on, we'll go to Holly Boats for his height. Because I think he was like one of the smaller ones. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, appearance. 30 feet. 30 feet tall. Okay, we'll go with that as the average. So these... Let's just say six foot. These six foot tall teenagers are somehow able to off balance and knock over 30 foot tall immortal giants or near immortal because they're killed when a god helps and you're still meant i'm still meant to feel afraid of the giants and like the power that they hold when they're so easily defeated by just basically being tripped over i mean come on i'm sorry this is just this this is what i mean when i say heroes of olympus i hate i hate it i okay hate probably too strong a word i don't like it because there are so many problems with believability the titans i can believe because there was manipulation going on there was power levels that were going on the giants we've had <laughs> we've had four giants so far in two books and all of them have been defeated within three pages of their introduction. Or within three pages of the first fight with them. That's so... like In comparison to Kronos, for example. The fight with Kronos lasted a chapter. Probably more than that because there was like other fights that occurred with him. But it lasted more than three pages. It was a lot more dramatic. It was a lot more drawn out. There was a lot more fear with it. Because we've also currently gone to the stage where it's two books in. 
and currently no one has been at risk. I have not feared for any character's life throughout the entirety of the series so far, and that doesn't change. I'm never afraid for anyone's safety. Because the books make it clear that you don't need to, because there is no risk for anything that's happening. I just... The giants are just really bad villains. And so is Gaia, because also, as I've been talking, Gaia makes no sense. I'm just like, seriously. <laughs> you you wanted them to get there, but you kept stopping them at every moment. Just make up your mind, Mother Nature. I know that's, in a sense, probably like a thing, because Mother Nature is like wild, but that's climate change. So maybe climate change is just affecting Gaia. Who knows? But going into the next thing, and final thing, which is characters. I want to talk about Frank <laughs> just a little bit more, because... Frank deserves so much better. Like, this boy doesn't get many chapters in general. And within the chapters he does get, he doesn't get many chances to shine. And it really does annoy me. Because, like, as I mentioned, his first chapter in his POV isn't even really about him. He gets two to three pages about him taking a stand, and then the rest becomes about Percy and Hazel. Like, he, he doesn't even... <sighs> Consistently... Sorry, I'm just fiddling... <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I'm just messing about with stuff. But consistently, Frank does just not get moments where he can show off his abilities. And the few times that he does, it's just so quickly forgotten. And it's just... Frank, to me, is a true example of a tertiary character. He's meant to be a main character. He's meant to be one of the seven. But he's consistently re regulated to being a side character. Like I was mentioning earlier... He has almost the same number of chapters as Nico from a POV perspective. And Nico only has one book where he gets to be a POV character. And that one book, he almost has the same amount of chapters as Frank, who had two books where he got to be a POV character. It's just, it's wrong. Like, Frank does not get the chance to have a character arc. The arc that he does have is about him not being liking being a kid of Mars and then being good with murder. <laughs> like, that's literally his story of... And it makes no sense either, because in this section, we're learning from Frank that he got more from his dad about than being good to fight, because that's not all Mars is. He's also about tactics. And yet, the tactics part becomes less about Frank's character and more just he's just really good with a sword and he's really good at killing things that ends up being the thing about him and it's just really annoying because i want his thing to be more about realizing that he can become a leader and the annoying the initial annoying bit is that we get in his pov when he's having his life flash before his eyes then we have this line from Percy about him, like Frank mentioning that he got a speech from Percy about how you are a leader, Frank. But that happens off screen. I do, like maybe I blanked on it, but I do not remember Percy saying this to him or them having a conversation about how Frank is a leader, and, like how Frank is really good at this stuff. Because, as I've pointed out, this is meant to be Frank's quest, but it's become Percy's quest. Although this is something Percy does all the time. He's stolen a lot of quests from people. But Fra this was Frank's opportunity to be seen as a leader. To be seen as someone who 
can do incredible feats and can do incredible things of like helping to save the day but he doesn't get that opportunity even in the next section which obviously i'll be talking about next week it's percy who gets to be this leader leading force not frank and the fact is we could have finally gotten the chance to see frank's well we do we get the chance of him stand oh frank standing up for himself and using his power and like guiding how things are happening of like how to defeat the giants first and even though he kind of does make somewhat of the wrong decision initially uh with that slightly wrong i think he could have helped both percy and then immediately like just knock a few of the shades over and then immediately go to hazel but anyway that's different conversation but i don't know it's just there was more of an opportunity for frank to show off his ability to be a great leader because also his chapters are really short like super short because we've gone to percy's chapters so quickly because like what was this this is 40 50 60 less than 30 chapters and one of those chapters isn't even his so he's probably had about 20 pages maybe less that are from his perspective I just feel like the chapters could have been longer to see more of his tactical mind, the way in which he goes about things, him stepping into this leadership thing. Because we don't really see that even in the section, even though we get that line from Percy in his like mind of like, you are a leader, Frank. We don't really see it. And then, of course, in this next, the next section is all from Percy's point of view. And then we don't see Frank be a leader again. That would have been... I'll talk about that in the next one. I just... I'm disappointed with the presentation of characters and the story as a whole because this the Heroes of Olympus books are so long and there's yet somehow still so little substance within the work themselves and it is just as a whole it's just a, it's it's just quite a disappointing series it's fun when you're reading it from a non-analytical standpoint but when you like even just looking past <laughs> just past just slightly the fact that so many people don't even think of like Frank and Hazel as favourite characters or even think of Frank and Hazel. Like there are so little headcanons for Frank and Hazel in relation to the Seven. It just shows like just how little they were considered even in the writing to the fact that fans don't even think of things for them because there's so little of them in the story as a whole. It's just, it's just sad because there's just so much potential, especially for Frank. Like Hazel... Hazel has the potential there and it's being explored. Um, it's just there's not the amount of length and then Rick ruins it by love triangle. But Frank had the potential and it was just never explored. Like he just didn't get the chance. And it's just, it sucks. Um, but I think that's all I have time for. Um, I was intending to, con- should I do the question of the episode? I don't really have one if I'm honest and I mean not many people have been engaging with them that much as of late so um what I'll finish with instead is buy Home to the Wild <laughs> if you want to no not even if you want to if you listen to this podcast please buy Home to the Wild or sign up to my Patreon if you want to get early access to this podcast um and all the other podcasts I'm involved with as well um and yeah Stay tuned for more. 
thank you all for joining me for this week's section be sure to join me next wednesday as we continue our onverse journey to plug where you can find our podcast we're available on spotify apple Podcasts, audio boom stitcher and basically where we listen to your podcasts in the meantime between episodes you can find the best damn camp on various social media at best damn camp pod on instagram and twitter if you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode you can email the best damn camp at hotmail.com or if you want to support the podcast you can head over to the patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of fran which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks want more royal verse content check me out on youtube at a healthy dose of fran and if you want to support my writing career drop me a follow at a dose of fran on instagram twitter and tiktok again thank you all for tuning in as always i've been fran your very own hunter and i'll see just speak to you all next time bye